What's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys, this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. The podcast is finding young rock and roll fans discover new music, find a place where they feel like they can connect and feel accepted. So, yep, that's where you are right now. Welcome to the show. And you know we normally bring in artists, right? And because we want to get you to know more about the great music in the music scene, in the rock and metal scene, either stuff that you know very well, or stuff that you're going to know very well, and bands that you should know because, you know, they got some great stuff coming out. We're interviewing another person today who also has a podcast that talks about some of this stuff, but also has a very much larger project behind everything to get more people into the music that they love and give bands that are coming up in the scene some of that extra support that they desperately need, even when times, you know, people aren't giving that support. So get ready for this one. Before we jump into the podcast, I think sponsorship, which comes from Phoenix Fitness. So yeah, you guys know what are my two favorite things in the world? Podcasting and what? Going into conscious and going into those mosh pits. So I got to make sure that I am mosh pit fit. So mosh pit fit, and what I like to call it, is to be able to go the distance, which is from the beginning of the first band to the end of the last band and never taking a break in between. So that means I got to be cardio-wise fit enough to go from beginning. I got to have that stamina. I got to also be strong enough to be able to deliver those hits because, you know, you don't want to be a weakling in there, but also got to be strong enough to take some of those hits from those big dudes that might just throw you around. Nate, what's up, man? But what do I do for that? I go to the gym. I'm constantly in the gym doing a lot of cardio work, doing a lot of weightlifting, but I have to make sure I'm preparing and recovering right for my body to make sure I can do it day in and day out and become mosh pit fit. So when I do, you know, seven shows in eight days, including a festival. Yeah. I'm going to want to make sure I'm set for that. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They have many types of supplements to help you achieve your fitness goals and be mosh pit fit. They have different types of supplements such as pre-workout, both stim and stim free. I use their stim free stuff because guys, I don't need any more stimulants at all, right? I've got enough energy as is. They also have different types of BCL recovery compounds that help you absorb nutrients in your muscles directly after workout. They also have different types of protein, uh, whey-based protein, plant-based protein, collagen-based protein. I use their chocolate malt flavored whey because, ooh, that's good stuff. Creatine up in the muscles, multi vitamins, anything might need to achieve your fitness goals. Phoenix Fitness has for you. So, our listeners get 15, not 15, 20% off using the code CPP20 at fnx.com. Link description of the podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now, our future presentation, we have Patrick from the Where'd All My Friends Go podcast and Unsigned Pop Punk coming in. And if you like music, like discovering new music, like a community that's going to accept you for the music that you like, and above all, just a good place to, you know, hang out that's going to promote as many great bands as possible. Core Progression Podcast, a great place. So is Unsigned Pop Punk. So are you ready for this great one? Are you ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. You know me, I love to bring on bands from all different walks of life, especially ones that are emerging in the scene today. Rock, metal, any of the subgenres, whatever it might be, because... Those are the bands that are going to be the ones that are the next biggest ones in the scene. Those are going to be the ones that you want to know about because if you don't know about them now, you can get into them and you can say, hey, I got into them early. Or you think about your favorite bands. They start out that level too. Wouldn't you want to get in on that level? And this guy right here has a whole podcast. He has a whole entire page, playlist, website, everything that helps get all of those bands, especially in the pop punk space, that kind of exposure. And I'm so happy we're able to talk to him today. The place is called Unsigned Pop Punk. The podcast, where all my friends go, and you're going to want to go check it out. But before you do, let's talk with the guy and let's have a blast. So please welcome Patrick from Unsigned Pop Punk and where all my friends go podcast. So Patrick, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, I love the little like royal, like, you know, queen of king of England wave. Like, <laughs> that's what I was going for. You know, it's 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 king season, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean te- 
Technically, I think it's lasting all month. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I know it's all over the news, you know. Kings being coronated. So. King Kings being coronated and then, you know, just seeing all the crazy memes off of it with just King Charles dressed and all these crazy things. And then the people around him, it's like, oh, when your buddy just, when you invite all your friends to play a video game you've been playing for months, it's like everyone around level two, three, four, you're sitting there, level 65. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't seen any of the memes, but I, uh. I, I really don't follow it very closely. <laughs> I, I don't either, but it's just, of course, you know, you're going to see random things pop up on right. any social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit. You're going to see that stuff pop up and it's going to be like, oh, that's funny. I'm enjoying this. Right. Yeah, I've only seen it. My And my wife's always watching the news when I wake up in the morning. And lo and behold, there it is. Front and center. King. <laughs> well, well, well. Ho- hopefully, by the time you know the end of May comes, it's like okay, we can focus on anything else that's not that. But then, of course, the way the world's been the past couple of years, it's like every single like week, it's just going to be some new kind of big thing or some new kind of crisis keeps happening. So we're going to get something new to come in to just completely oh, yeah. take that out of the uh, of the news cycle. Oh, absolutely. As- the prince is still planning on being there. the prince is still planning on being there but outside of that man how has everything been going in your world how has everything been going with unsigned pop punk where all my friends go just how's life been for you lately good uh busy um we're uh, we're pretty much we're we're trying to grow and uh you know we got them growing pains uh you know just trying to get a do we're trying to do way too many things for how much time we have in the day so but it's been a lot of fun, you know. I can't. I'm I'm super lucky to be able to be doing this as a job. So I'll say that makes that makes two of us. Because man, I feel the exact same way. There's only so many hours in the day. There's so many things I want to get done for everything I'm trying to do. But there's always other things that come in to try and take that away. Like a full time job, I still have to work. Trying to go to the gym, going to as many concerts as I'm trying to get to. Sleep, mm-hmm. you know, things just get in the way. I I don't even know what sleep is. I don't it, even know. It's gone. It's 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 become it's become a completely lost concept. But I think I keep trying to remember. I think it might have been like maybe about a year, year and a half ago. I started seeing you guys like pop up on any kind of Instagram feed I had. I saw you guys popping up on liking some posts, and then I'm like, okay, I want to check this out because I'm nice. curious to see what unsigned pop punk is. And then seeing the what you guys were doing, trying to get as many of these bands, many of these artists that were starting out, starting to get some traction, trying to get them even more exposure so that people could get into them to not only continue to grow the genre of pop punk, but also to get these bands a lot more exposure. I saw that and thought, man, I am fully into this because this is something that I want to see happen. This is something that I want to see where people are actively promoting bands that are coming up and emerging in the scene because again all of our favorite bands started out that time and place at some point if we're not going to be the ones to kind of just pump them up then a lot of them are going to continue to get lost to obscurity and then they'll you know break up and they'll go and get corporate jobs and then be like normal spongebob hi how are (laughs) you yeah i mean that's right like pretty much started this because i was doing music and stuff for oh like 15, 20 years or something. I don't know where we're at in time anymore. What's time? Um, But uh, yeah, and it's just like, I know what it's like to just not have anybody give a fuck about you or about like your projects. Like trying to get a friend to come to a show 
or, or family can be like the like the biggest burden in the world you know and uh so I, I know what it's like to just not have anybody care and as be, and being in a band is one of the is a very freaking difficult thing because you're constantly trying to get people to care and uh i just wanted to show like i i started this because i wanted people to know that i care and i know that there's a lot of other people out there that do care too but we're in such a weird sp- like anyone could be a musician right now it, pretty d- damn near anybody you can you can record shit on your phone you can do so much different stuff to where anyone can play music so the the music scene is insanely sat like oversaturated and so trying to get somebody to hear you is very difficult so uh i just try and come up with different ways to try and help all of those hundreds and thousands of bands that are out there uh just get their voice heard i mean i don't know <laughs> i mean you just just kind of breaking it down in that aspect it's a very admirable thing to do because well just thinking about even bands that i know or just the bands that are playing at those smaller venues it's you take a look at just i'll use spotify as just the metric because everyone uses the metric like that right. monthly listener count even though in the end it really doesn't mean shit because i've seen i've seen bands that had like you know 100,000, 200,000 listeners, and then all of a sudden you see them play live in front of a 1,000 people, and it's because they're the ones that are bringing them in. But then you have bands that are like 6, 7 million, and it's like, well, you're playing in front of like 20 people because that's all you could bring in. It's So that it kind of is a skewed, but it just it, it does speak to a certain piece of it where there's just so much competition out there, and it's, you know, it's just how many people are out there playing music, how many people are out there releasing music, and when you're trying to get people to come to your show it is damn near impossible if people are just like not that fully invested into it because, Oh, it's not my kind of music. Or if it doesn't align perfectly with what they want to do, it's like, well, I'm I'll go catch the next show. Well, what if there is never a next show? Or what if this is the one that's going to be the most important one for your friend at that point in time or family member? It, right. it, it does seem like pulling teeth at times. It's like, come on, I need you to come to this. Can you please support me? But then it's, right. you know, maybe if that same person were to try and go and get, just, just go and get a corporate job and they post it on Facebook, all those people that said, oh, I might come to your show. They're going to be like, oh, good for you. Good for you. It's like, they're not going to support you when you're going after this specific dream. But if it's something that makes more sense to them, they're going to support you. But if you're absolutely successful in your music career and you're going to try and you start seeing it build up, those people that would like, are like, oh, I'm not sure. They'd be like, oh man, yeah, I've been supporting that since day one. And now you're actually giving that support to people that absolutely need it. And in a place and time where there's so much competition online, you're kind of bringing it into a potentially centralized place where people can come in and there's so many different bands that they can discover right. just based off of your one platform. It kind of becomes a one-stop shop in a way. Yeah, yeah. That that was kind of the whole that was the whole plan. It was it was trying to it was <clears throat> you know, without without stealing an in an entire concept is like, well, how can we make MTV cool again? You know? And it was like, realistically, it's like, I mean, there isn't MTV isn't doing MTV anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we're like, okay, well, what can we do that is doing it, but doing it differently? And so, you know, I mean, we, we have a lot of the same, like similar concepts. Uh, You know, we've got music video shows, we've got, you know, we've got a request video show now and stuff. Um, you know, we have a podcast, our, our playlist, and we're constantly trying to come up with new entertaining ways to 
engage with people, you know, by even with our podcast, the word, the word at all my friends go podcast, you know, we'll have smaller up and coming bands, but then we'll also have like Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup and, you know, more established artists on there to try and pick their brain Mm -hmm. so that, you know, the bands or musicians that are listening can, you know, maybe take some of those ideas. How did you get there? Okay, well, maybe I can try that or, you know, or, you know, just that any day per we try to make it entertaining for everybody as well not just musicians uh we want everybody to be able to enjoy it so and just taking a look again at the podcast it makes a lot of sense so i was taking a look at some of the guests that you've had on and of course i always like to see okay what guests have you had on that also match up with the same guests that i've had on because i always love to see that i mean i've seen mm-hmm. that you had uh Kate Cass from the Throw the Fight on, the guys from Selling yeah. Your Scores on. I saw you had Casey Cavalier from the Wonder Years on. I'm just like, oh man, this per and then all of a sudden I saw you guys had Magnolia Park on, and I'm just like, yeah. man, I've been trying to get that one for a while. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Having fun with it. But I love what you said about kind of trying to bring back MTV, because like, MTV's not doing MTV. And I yeah. just watched a video from Finn McKenzie from the Punk Rock NBA where he had a whole entire like video around its downfall. And like it's been no mostly it was around TRL's downfall. And right. the main thing about it was it was just, you know, people would come there in the 90s, early 2000s to discover new music because of how much it was being right. put out there. But then as the Internet came into play, streaming came into play, YouTube, everything around there, it was so much more easier and viable for people to do it on their own. Maybe get down to more of a niche because people could go to the specific niche that they wanted to sure. see these music videos, discover these new bands, because what happens if kind of think back to like 1999, what happens if, you know, you're a heavy metal fan and you want to see some corn and limp biscuit on TRL, but you're constantly getting the backstreet boys and in sync. You're probably right, going to yeah. back out from that. But if you got something that's perfectly in your niche, you're going to become like a super fan of that because you're discovering new bands and you're able to connect with people who are liking the same kind of music you are. Absolutely. I think, I think one of the other big downfalls of of TRL is that they got to a point to where they weren't even playing like the entire music video. It was only they would only play like thirty seconds of it, and it's like, well, that's not what we're watching the show for. Like, what what are you doing? And uh, yeah, so it it was kind of it was almost like the their whole channel, the music videos wasn't the main focus anymore like wasn't even a focus you know and obviously as we know now music videos are not a focus on mtv like they i I don't even i don't even know if they have music videos on there ever anymore i don't know i haven't watched mtv in years (laughs) i mean i mean if you ask me what mtv is i'm still like is it still the jersey shore channel like that's pretty no it's um ridiculousness that's only ridiculousness okay so it's just ridiculousness 24 7 now that makes sense just something you can put on in the background because it's quick it's flash you don't have to pay attention to it but you're gonna see a funny clip every 15 seconds don't get me wrong i fucking love (laughs) ridiculousness i love rob dyrdek i think all his shows are great i love it um but it's it's basically like the rob dyrdek channel now it seems like (laughs) (laughs) and i'll be like change it to that Maybe I'll be more about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, RDTV, Rob Deerdeck TV, and not MTV. And then just kind of have MTV kind of just slowly become kind of just. I mean, it could have been, it could have become like its own internet thing and really had taken over had they gone down that path. Right. But because of 
what people are doing with streaming, what people are doing on YouTube with the reaction videos, everything around there, it's not viable to do it necessarily on like a huge access type of channel like right. MTV on cable, but to do it on a streaming site, to do it online, do it on social media, have it be connected on those platforms where so many more people are paying attention to it and the music is directly there. So all of a sudden, say you're playing a song, say you have the music video on and all of a sudden, hey, I like that song, I wanna go check it out. I have to, I could potentially just click, like tap a link that's on that, like that's on screen and boom, now this, I'm already, I access to Spotify, I've got that song ready to go and I can save it and put on a playlist wherever I wanna go. The easiness, mm -hmm. the easiness of getting into these bands and to get their music and to find about their music and then get that music into your normal rotation is so much more convenient now because of that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's such a different uh, world, like and just just with streaming in, in general because you know it's difficult because you can't not be on Spotify. You know, you can't. You just can't do it, but. You know they don't pay bands very much and it's a you know it, it's so it's a it's super difficult uh but you know it's one of those things you have to do and you have to like learn how to work around that sort of stuff so that's why like live shows you know that's where you're going to make a lot of your money and merch and things like that um going back to what we were talking about earlier with live shows and people not <clears throat> um necessarily like having big crowds at them i i think a lot of that also stems back to um when facebook over like took over as like mm -hmm. the social media and that's all it was because we had myspace and that was that was king and then facebook took over and just completely destroyed everything mm -hmm. that myspace had built like like bands were just fucked you had no social media anymore and uh so the only thing you could do is like, well, I'll post my show on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And people have come to such a point now to where it's word of mouth. If I'm going to play a show or if I'm promoting a show, I'm going to hound the shit out of you. Like I, you are going to know that there is a show because like there's a, it's, there's like this rule of three. If somebody doesn't see it three times, they're going to, that's after the third times when that's, they're finally going to click. They're actually going to see it and be like, oh, you could tell your friend, hey, I have a show in three months. You should come to it. And if you don't tell them again, they're not coming. Like, <laughs> you, you got to promote yourself. You got to put yourself out there. You got to be pestery. It's, it's, it's part of the game. Um, <clears throat> you just got to know the best way to do it. But the, to get people out to shows... One of uh, another thing that I think a lot of smaller uh, bands will do is play their scene too much. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll play every week or every two weeks, and that's that's also going to divide your entire crowd. You're 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 not going to get as many people to each show if you're playing every week. Because oh, I'll I'll see you next week. Yeah, I've had conversations about that too. I think it might that might have actually been with Casey from the Wonder Years, where it's like, oh, you know, if you're constantly playing the same market, it's like, oh, I can see you next week, or I can see when it's more convenient. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing, you know, four shows in the span of two months, and your audience might show your whole entire audience might show up to those shows. 
but it's going to be maybe you're going to get one sixth of the audience to show up to the first one. You're going to get one fourth to show up to the second right. one. You're going to get one half to show up to the third one. You're going to get the the stragglers to show up to the last one. So you're right. playing four shows, but you're only getting the viability of one based off of that. And it's just going to oversaturate to the point where people that know you are going to know that, you know, you're going to be playing multiple shows. It's They're going to find one that's going to be more convenient for them and they're not going to show up if they don't have to. It's right. It makes it tougher. I do want to go back to what you were talking about with Facebook kind of killing that. And it kind of adds to a little bit of a different way of how Facebook killed it. I've had this conversation before. So go back to MySpace and MySpace really had such a powerful impact for the scene with the, like just getting bands noticed, getting them popular, yeah. just getting people to get into them. I mean, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, Paramore, Bring Me to the Horizon. Just a couple examples of bands that really took that and ran with it. But mm-hmm. then Facebook comes along and it becomes this whole different revolution in terms of how people are connecting online. People are socially interacting with each other. And yes, what you said about them completely killing the viability of bands, especially in the early stages, absolutely happens. So now you don't have that social connection there. But because it's so much easier to connect with people online from the comfort of your own home, we saw that during the pandemic when we were all forced to do that. People kind of lost out on what they on that connectivity that you get in person. People right. lost out on the fact that, you know, I can just talk to these people willy-nilly. I don't have to leave my house. When in order to get some sort of that interaction, you know, pre-Facebook or even pre-social media, you had to go out to those live shows. You had to interact with those people. And it mm-hmm. was a pl- it was the place you wanted to be. And because mm-hmm. of course, when you were when Facebook was in its, you know, young and it started upbringing, like thinking like, you know, once it kind of took over for MySpace and popularity around like 2007, 2008, 2009, it's you had you you started a Facebook account. You wanted to be on it because that's where everyone was. Right. It, it, other, before that, though, it's like, well, where do you want to where you want to be where everyone else is? People are going to shows. People are going to these concerts. And that's how you're going to interact. with people. That's how you're going to get to know these people. That's how you're going to get to connect with them. Now you could do it online and you didn't have to go out there. And the convenience of that kind of could help keep people away from those live shows. So then the crowds are getting less and less, especially for the younger bands and the ones that were up, uh, upcoming in the scene. Oh, for sure. I think I was more like uh, along the lines of thinking of like, so what were MySpace a lot of it was based around music because you were able to have uh, your own. You, you you were able to like completely make your MySpace page your own. You could have your own backgrounds. You could have all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So you could tell what a person liked right out the gate. Um, and then you could also have like your song just on there, mm-hmm. or you could even like embed like the band. Your band could embed a song into somebody's chat. Or in stuff like that, you'd be like, oh, check this out and boom, pop it right in there. There was like, it was so much more user friendly for music, musicians in mm-hmm. general. Um, but then, you know, once that was gone, Facebook was all that there was. And it was just, it was just one thing. It was, there was, mm-hmm. there was no music. There was no music option. There was, everyone was blue and white. You know, there was, it was all very streamlined and boring. Um, but I think that was like the big change that people at the time wanted. Everybody was there. And I mean, times, times change, you know, but, uh, I think that was like one of the biggest thing that sucks is that, you know, we bring up, uh, I brought this, people bring up MySpace all the time and it's never coming back. I get it. I get it. <laughs> we all get it, but like, it sucks. Cause all of the things that all of the social media we have now, TikTok, um, I mean, 
YouTube tech, sure, but like Twitter and Facebook was all just fucking MySpace. It was, and then we're like, you know what we should do? We should make a whole fucking bunch of them. Let's, <laughs> instead of being a one stop place, let's just make a whole bunch of things for people to have to have instead of just the one. And I don't really understand why people don't want just one place to do it all but uh i mean don't get me wrong i love tiktok i uh, love myself some youtube I, you know i got i got youtubes i watch it <laughs> i pay for ad free uh <laughs> but you know it's uh it's just wild how we had all of this in one place at one time and then people were like nah let's make things hard well, not that, but it's just like you said, customizable. The point where you could click yeah. on someone's profile and you could immediately tell what the, what their style was, what they like, what music they were into, because you open up that profile and you know you're hearing uh, you're hearing Misery Business by Paramore being played, so you know exactly what they're into right at that point right. in time. The background was different; could be different. If you knew HTML, you could do so many different things with it. But then take a look at like the, the the prominent ones, Facebook. Yeah, when Facebook first started, it's like, especially when I jumped on it in 2009, it's the only way when people jumped on your profile, they could tell potentially what you were into is whatever you had in your profile picture or what you were wearing there. There was nothing right. else that was there. Twitter was potentially the exact same thing. And then they added the banner photo. Instagram, it's like you can click on someone's profile. You can see the photos or the videos they post, but there's nothing that just stands out as like, this is this person. TikTok is the same way because if you're scrolling through and you get on one video, you know, that's going to be the thing that you think about that that person's into. And if you like it, then you're going to go check out more. If you don't, then you're just going to scroll right past it. YouTube, I mean, you go to a YouTube channel, and it's kind of the same thing. It's there's no one there's no place where you can just immediately get to have more of this information about people and get to connect with them on these different pieces and have this individual aspect of it. It's we kind of took that individualized aspect of Facebook and then broke it up in a you know multiple or I say MySpace my bad yeah. and broke mm -hmm. it up into multiple different social media sites with more simplicity behind them but at the exact same time making it more complicated because now you have multiple different platforms you have to work with instead of one but for a band I mean that could potentially also be a positive too, given how it works. Because what happens if your style fits better on Twitter? What happens if yourself sure. fits better for Facebook? Yourself fits better for TikTok. You're able to work within that because if your style worked for MySpace, perfect. But if it didn't work for MySpace, then you got you know when it comes to the online setting, you're kind of in a you're kind of in a tough spot there because you're not good at the one thing that you need to be. Here you have the diversity to be good at multiple different things or be really good at one thing and take off with it. Right. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, like right now, TikTok is what everybody is, is working towards. I don't know if that's what I think everybody should focus on anymore, but it is what uh, everybody is currently doing. All right. Then what do you think everyone should be focusing on? Because I'm very curious to hear about that. It's, it's just tough. It's hard to like, I, I don't know if there is one thing right now is TikTok was number one about mm -hmm. a year and a half ago. They completely changed how their algorithm and stuff does everything. So <clears throat> I have lots of friends that have a hundred thousand. So plus followers, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we'll get like 200 views on their videos when they were getting thousands all the time. 
TikTok at during the height of it, like which was like I I would say like 2021, 22-ish, when it, it was cool because any single person could go viral anytime. And, and every pretty much if you made like 15 videos, one of them would go viral like or mm-hmm. have some sort of sense of virability, maybe 10,000, 15,000. Um, would that get you followers, blah, blah, who knows? But it gives you that sense of like, that's what everybody wants. You know, that's what you wanted. And it, it gave you the, like that sense of like accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, I wouldn't say the same, even close anymore. Uh, it's, it, it is, it's a lot more like how YouTube is. Um, so you'll get, you can like, even just unsigned pop punk, we'll get few followers, few new followers, a video. It all depends. Um, sometimes we won't get anything. Sometimes we'll get like five thousand views. We've had a hundred thousand views. It it it, it all depends. Um, but uh, it's not as great for bands as I don't as it was. I still mm-hmm. think it is one of the better forms of social media for artists in general. But it's uh. It's not the way it was. Uh, and there's also the fact of, do you use TikTok? I got off of it based off of, I was using it for the podcast, but just, I got off it for the for the sake of posting videos on there. And there was no purpose for people to be driven to the podcast off of TikTok. There was no way you could click a link or anything. There was no reason for people to click on your profile or they just click follow and that's it. And they go to the next one. There was no right. viability for people to connect to the podcast and get to go further to it compared to using, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. Right. So that's why I jumped off it, but I, I but I still right. understand its concept and what it does for bands currently. Right. And so you even kind of hit the, the nail on the head right mm-hmm. there. So the example I want to give is, so people are scrolling, right? Now, when you had TikTok at any point in time, Ever. And be honest, did you ever look at your like your follower page? Did you no. ever look at it? You you would click who you followed, right? Mm-hmm. And you would follow people, but did you ever go look at like that following page? No, I never did. No, because nobody does. Nobody does. You can have a hundred thousand followers. That's awesome. But unless your videos keep coming up on that for you page, they're not gonna go back to your channel. That's not what people do on TikTok. So you can have a ton of ton of followers, but that doesn't always mean anything. Like you have to basically, as a band, as an artist, you have to get lucky and hit that, that gold, that sweet spot where you like, let's say a hundred thousand people see your song and like, Holy shit. Then they go off of TikTok. Mm-hmm. They go to Spotify. They go anywhere else. They leave TikTok to find you, but like that's the only way, though. It, it not like YouTube, where if somebody subscribes to you, well, they mm-hmm. they're gonna watch the rest of your stuff because you pretty much watch who you subscribe mm-hmm. to on YouTube. That's that's how you do that. Or Instagram, you see your followers, mm-hmm. so you see who you're following. 
Facebook, same thing. But TikTok is its own weird creation, just kind of like Vine was, to where it's just a straight new stream of new content over and over and over again. Unless you, like, I mean, there's certain TikTokers I have, like Jordan the Stallion. Fucking love him. You know, he pops up for me all the time Mm -hmm. because I like his video every time I see it. And so, like, that's the only way you're going to keep seeing these people is if they keep coming up on your For You page. Yeah, and because, like, the two people that always kept coming up for me on TikTok on my For You page, it was always um, people for, like, creators in the music industry, especially rock and metal, uh, Erica Leanne and uh, Lexi Messina, because I'm friends with them. So every time I'd see a video pop up of them, boom, I'd hit the like button. So it kept coming back, kept coming right. forward. But that was those and and maybe like one or two bands that like kept putting out like, you know, different TikToks. Like I'd open it up. I'd have to look at something. Oh, you know, this one was funny. I'll I'll give it a like kind of thing. So that kept coming through. But you're absolutely right. It's you're never really going to the four. You're never really seeing that on the for you page. I think about it in a couple of different aspects as well with the other platforms you can post. You can post that short form content on YouTube when you hit that subscribe button because of like you're watching a short the, then those videos are going to continue to come up and mm-hmm. that's the way that it's that's based off of or for our my aspect too i put all the podcasts on youtube if you subscribe to a short all of a sudden the next time i put out an episode for the podcast that's going to show up as a notification yep. for you instagram is is very similar in that aspect as well facebook can differ because there's a difference between liking a page and following a page where liking a page is going to get you everything in your feed from them but just following all of a sudden it's like you're going to be you go to Facebook, the reels up, and all of a sudden you start scrolling through. Yeah, you might see a pop up every now and again, but then all of a sudden you go to the person's page. It's like I've seen this happen before because I kept seeing a couple pop up. I'm like, okay, I'm tired of these. I want to actually just like not have to deal with them. You see the likes on the page. It's like you know, 200 likes, followers, 122,000 followers. It's like, well, you're getting people to watch your videos and to continue to potentially watch them, but you're not getting that sort of interaction there. So so when you're trying to actually put something out there, if you put a post out there, you know, all the people that are following you, they're not going to see it. Right. Yeah. I mean, so we're like unsigned pop punk. We're on every social media. I mean, we were on hive. I think we even went to hive, you know, we, we, you know, it was brand new. We'll try it out. Yeah. Um, If it's there, we pretty much have it. Uh, and you know, I mean, obviously that's, it all depends on what the social media site is, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, for each thing, you know, Facebook, we use each platform differently. Um, I would say Facebook is really great for when I'm tagging, like if we post, like the new playlist and I'll mm-hmm. tag all of the bands on that. That's good because then all the bands will comment, you know, mm-hmm. and they comment on Facebook more than anything else on those posts. And those kind of get a, a, a wider reach because I'm like, okay, well share it, you know, share it, share it, share it, you know, let's, let's make this bigger for everybody. That's the point. Um, <clears throat> and so that helps for that, but I'm not like, and if I have nonsense, if I want to say just nonsense, well, that's what Twitter is for. Twitter is for <laughs> nonsense, you know, for just saying dumb shit. That's Twitter. Uh, you know, and Instagram is like our main hub. That's what we use for everything. That is, I think, for us, the most important. Um, And we always try to direct everybody back to our website where 
everything is, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, our main social media is is pretty much Instagram. But yeah, and then you you got to be on TikTok. You have to. <laughs> yeah, I was say you have to be on TikTok. Even though I'm like, I for me, it's just I I didn't find the viability in it. I didn't see it, so I backed out of it. For a sure. band, though, I mean, I totally understand it because. Take a look at the the past couple of just the past year. We've seen bands that have really gotten those songs to connect on TikTok mm-hmm. and really build up an even bigger following to get them to certain prominence. And the three that stand out to me in that moment are Bad Omens when Just Pretend became huge on TikTok because, yes, Bad Omens was massively blowing up in the scene already, but that sure. just brought it into pop culture. Um, the band Catch Your Breath with the song Dial Tone, they really took off with that one. And then at the beginning of the year, Sleep Token. Just the viability of it really worked. But the thing <laughs> is, for it's it's perfect for music discovery because mm-hmm. people can put those little clips of your song in there and they can get and you can listen to it and you're gonna hear it right away. Just like if you jump onto someone's MySpace MySpace page back in 2007. But mm-hmm. but the difference is is. When it came to the MySpace page versus TikTok, with the MySpace page, you could see that song pop up. You could click on it, and you could already go to that song. It was so easy to connect to that song right. and get it to, to to download the MP3, or now it's like streaming. But when it comes to TikTok, though, it's like it, it's like a labor to try and get off that site to go and try and find that song, even if it is on. If you're just you're just switching apps, that's all you're doing. But because right. there's not that immediate viability of convenience, you have to like you basically have to create a reaction for people to jump off of TikTok at that moment to mm-hmm. go to Spotify, go to Apple Music, go to YouTube to actually check out the full song and connect with right. the band in that way. Then just to okay, I'm gonna scroll to the next one. Absolutely. It's it's a lot easier just to keep going like this than it is to okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go now do this. I'm gonna go check this out. It's right. You you got to find a way to create that reaction to get people off of the off of that app if you want to have your song be successful. Agreed. And and now that and it's also the other thing is where TikTok is so popular, everybody's now all doing the same thing. So now mm-hmm. it's all white noise. You know, it's you can you can scroll if you're like liking pop punk stuff. Okay, well you can scroll and pop punk, pop punk, pop punk. You know it's just like, uh, you know it becomes overwhelming. Uh, so <clears throat> it's a lot harder to get people to hop off of that app. I remember the very the band that solidified that for me was Punk Rock Factory. Uh, that. What they were the first band I saw on TikTok, and I was like, "Holy shit!" They put out their song, um, their cover of uh, the the Moana song. Okay, I can't remember what it's called, but um, I was like, "Holy shit!" And like, I saved it. I liked it. I was like, "Okay," and I went and checked immediately, and they and it wasn't out yet, and I was like pissed i was like how long are you gonna wait me make me wait for this and then when it finally came out i was all over it but uh they started like they put out a tiktok for that song like a month early before it ever was even released and uh that was the first time i like where i was was like sold on tiktok for music i was like holy shit punk rock factory I'll say Designer Disguise did something very similar to that with their metalcore cover of Get Low by Little John. The exact same kind of thing. They put out just a fun random TikTok of it. They just did a chorus and I think the second verse and that was it. They didn't even plan on doing a full version of it because right. people kept asking for it. It's like, well, shit, now we got to do this. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, that's also another big thing for like that people do on TikTok is they make songs specifically for TikTok and then don't have like don't make a full version of it unless it actually takes off. And so that 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 makes things difficult for the listener, you know, because it's like, OK, well, that kind of sucks. So like for me <clears throat> with Punk Rock Factory, I couldn't go listen to it. I had to fucking wait. And I was like, is this ever going to come out? Like, is this just, like, what is this? You know, and, you know, people want that instant gratification. If it's not there, you, you're probably going to lose them. Yeah, and, and but the other difficulty behind that too from another band standpoint is when you're constantly trying to stay relevant, when you're constantly trying to make sure that what you're saying in the minds of people, you're saying in the cultural zeitgeist, it's if you're going to be releasing these songs that you maybe just made for TikTok where it could be a little bit easier to do the chorus, like cover for a chorus or come up with something that's really cool about it. And it's like, hey, we didn't know what to do with this piece, but we put it in just a 15 second TikTok video and it blew and people now want the rest of the song. It's like you could have that whole rest of the song ready to go and then drop it right then and there. But then how do you do that like potentially on a week by week basis? Because you right. it's it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be near impossible to come up with an idea for a song, write that song, get it recorded, mix, master, produce the whole nine yards in mm-hmm. like a week so that if you're making those TikTok videos, you're ready to go for that when that's if that's if any song just randomly pops off in that moment. And if it's gonna be something like with Punk Rock Factory where you had to wait for a month, there's a lot of people that would be just excited as you are like, oh my God, I gotta go and listen to this whole entire thing and then you can't find it. They're just gonna move on to the next thing because right. Okay, maybe there's another band, maybe there's a different band I like, or maybe I found something else on TikTok that got my interest. So it's like you had that moment of connectivity, but because the product that you had ready that was connect going to be the thing that was going to draw them to the band wasn't fully ready yet or wasn't out yet, you that you could lose on so you could lose so many different listeners and so many potential listeners based off of that because that instant gratification yeah. for people is not there. Right. It's it's uh it's a it's a hill, man. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? Uh, I mean, there's really no right decision. There isn't. And and every way can work. Um, I've seen it work for Punk Rock Factory, just as an example. Like, mm-hmm. they they blew up and good for them. Like, they're just musicians now. Like, it look, that's their job. Um, I have a friend from Minneapolis who who blew up from TikTok uh, called Dury. And... Uh, like he had a song went just massive and you know now they're now they're putting out their their album finally coming out and it's crazy like it it can work and it works for a lot of people but all social media also can work or and doing shows going out on tour mm-hmm. there's so many different avenues you can take you just need to find the one that works for you yeah, and it's going to be something that's going to be different for everybody because I've seen mm-hmm. bands where just the, the their live shows are the thing that just you you want to go and see them. It's like use Guar for an example. Guar's not going to be on social media. They're not going to connect with people like that based on the type of content they would end up producing. But the just the experience that comes out with their type of live show, you want to go and be a part of it. So that's the viability of it. I think about my friends in the band Avoid, where it's like, I listen to music, I love music. Their live shows are absolutely energetic, ridiculous, 
but mm-hmm. you look at them on, on online and it's just like these guys just seem like, you know, they have like that crackhead type energy or just having a blast with whatever the hell they do. And they don't take like life seriously at all. But it's it's right. something that's fun to follow. So that you have that different connectivity there. It's there's mm-hmm. so many different things that you can do. And there, again, there's so many different platforms that it, you just kind of have to take a look and see what's going to be best for our personality. What's be the best for us to put out there? What's going to be the best strategy to get it out there and then go for it on that one? Because Again, how many users are there on Facebook? Even though it's you know not as popular as it once was, there's still a plenty of oh, users tons. on Twitter, yeah. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. There's so many people that are constantly on those apps every single day. Where mm-hmm. they'll be, maybe they see one tweet from you, they see one post from you, they see one video from you, and if you keep producing stuff like that, they're going to potentially see it again and again and again. And then they hit that follow button, they hit that subscribe button, then they go and check out your music, and then you get a fan. Yeah, it's it's a long and arduous process, but they're, the bands that hit on it absolutely hit on it, and it's something where life is constantly changing. In maybe a year or so, TikTok might will probably not be as popular as it is. There might be some mm-hmm. other random social media site that comes up and takes over. People didn't think yep. that MySpace was going to ever go away, and then boom, Facebook came in. People didn't think Facebook was going to be overtaken as king, and all of a sudden, here comes Twitter and Instagram to try and you know throw a wrench into that. Vine right. came out. And it's like, well, is anything ever going to come back like Vine? And then TikTok comes out and overtakes everybody. There's always going to be change that happens yep. in there. And like you said, you're on every single social media platform because you never know what might pop off. And if you're going right. to be an early mover on that, especially from Unsigned Pop Punk, not only is it going to be more viable for you guys as a whole that are working with Unsigned Pop Punk, the Word All My Friends Go podcast, everything you're doing around there, but for all the bands that you end up promoting on that platform, on, on there, if you guys become the de facto, you know, go-to for that, especially on a platform that's going to become the most popular, everyone's going to want to come to you because they see you as the kind of like as that trusted thought leader in the scene over anybody sure. else. Right. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think uh, another thing is like bands have to be open to that or just artists in general mm-hmm. um, have to be open to new forms of promotion. Um, you know, there have been, I, there was, there is like, there's a couple bands um there's one in particular i'm not gonna say any names or anything but they're like we're very adamant about not they weren't they didn't want to do tiktok they weren't going to start it and they weren't just they weren't really good at social media and i was like you might want to think about changing fields then (laughs) like like i mean i don't know who you're looking to hit anymore you know because you you can't just ha- walk around and hand out flyers. It just doesn't. It doesn't work the same. Now, if you're gonna go hand out flyers for your show or something, you know that can work in conjunction mm-hmm. with other things. But y- you can't just not do social media. It doesn't work that way. You can't do that. You can't. It won't work anymore. Um, you have to at least try. Um, and I mean, if you're not willing to just try whatever the next thing. That comes out, you know, TikTok becomes overthrown by something else. Well, you got to get on it. You got to try. Like, that's where people are. That's where people are going. They're not going to the fucking mall anymore. You got to you got to go where the people are. Uh, That's just the way it works. I'll say you're you're absolutely right on that. If you're not where the people are, then how are you going to expect to get any sort of notoriety? How do you expect your band to grow in any capacity? And Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be something like. 
you know, you have to perfect exactly that type of content. It's maybe just the concept around something you're doing and just completely just putting that pro like that video out there could absolutely be massive. And I started thinking about the band Silly Goose, where they just go to random oh, people's shows. I fucking love Silly Goose. And just punk rock is shit. They're going to go out after a, someone, some band plays. They're going to play three songs in the parking lot. The cops are going to come tell them to shut it down, and then they're going to get the hell out of there. But people remember it. They're going to go play. Did they play in a freaking subway or something just for yeah. the hell of it? Yeah. And it's like you and people and people film it and people like put it out there. And now all of a sudden people are seeing, okay, who's this crazy band that keeps going on and playing these random pop-up right. shows after Genius. these concerts. I mean, they ended up following around highly suspect at the beginning of the year and the last show for highly suspects too, they brought them up on stage. Cause they're like, this is just too cool. Like we can't help but right. not like support this. Right. No, they're uh, it's silly goose is probably one of the greatest examples of self-promotion I've ever, ever fucking seen. I found them because of TikTok. I saw the video of them playing in the subway and I was like, well, what is this? And I'm like, you know, rap rock, like Limp Bizkit. I'm fucking in. I am in. I'm so in. And uh, I think they're great. I think silly goose. Uh, honestly, I was actually just telling my wife this earlier today that realistically, I think Silly Goose is probably going to be my number one most listened to on my Spotify wrapped at the end of the year. Really? I like them very much. I listen to them. I listen to that album multiple times a week. <laughs> the whole album. <laughs> So. Have you ever have you ever gone to see one of their little pop up shows though? I haven't yet. I, um, they either were supposed to be coming to Minneapolis with Spirit Box, they were like following that tour, or they already did and I missed it. Um, but I, I I know that we were talking about trying to go to it, but um, yeah, I think they're awesome. Uh, they're. <laughs> Very, very cool dudes. So now um, I want to look this up because I know they had all, the whole entire like lineup of where they were going to show up. Because now that you're talking about the Spirit Box tour and the day that we're recording this, I know it's like for me, it's the, the show is really close to me because it's going to be in Chicago the next couple of days. So it's like it, it either just was in Minneapolis or is about to go there. So they might be showing up. I, I thought it was in May sometime, but I could be wrong. I know, I'm trying to see if I can find the the lineup, or I just keep seeing videos of them playing like after uh, after like a highly suspect shows. Oh, and sure, then sure. Potentially getting yeah. arrested because that's just kind of you know they're not. It's they're cool. Not, it's 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 punk rock is all hell, and I absolutely love every bit of it. Like, and I, I also just like you know I'm a I'm a product of that new metal scene. I uh, I was a big fan of Limp Bizkit and Corn and. Mudvayne and all Slipknot and I I still listen to new metal. I think it's great. <laughs> it's it, fun as it, shit. And it's and it's like it's kind of making that more of that revival once again because there's a lot more bands that are implementing that kind of style back in. I mean, it's not as as like this the type of new metal you'd be listening to in the late nineties, early two thousands. It's not gonna be the exact same, but there's a lot of bands that are implementing those elements back to it. And they're right. starting to grow in terms of their prominence. I mean, Silly Goose, just with the crazy stuff they're doing. One of my favorite bands out there right now is From Ashes to New, and they implement a lot of that rap rock style perfectly. So, mm -hmm. and, and and they're playing with, you know, yeah, they're going on tour. They're getting these opening spots. Yeah, they're opening an arena tour for Shinedown. So the yeah. viability is definitely there. And more people are getting into it. Limp Bizkit's popular again. Like, they're oh, massively man, that, popular again. That last album was fucking great, man. It was good. 
the Limp Bizkit still sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. Good stuff. Then having Fred Durst go all dad mode on everybody. It's great. It's genius because it's like he is. He is a dad. And, play, you know, play off of that. You yeah, got to gotta know your audience. And even take a look. It's like now festival season is going to be upon us. And, like, they're playing multiple festivals. And they have those headlining spots for those days. And people are excited to go see him because you get to go see Limp Biscuit again. Or you get to go see Limp Biscuit for the first time. And you get to potentially be in the crowd and you know, break stuff literally, and have with a blast West Borl- with West Borland back too. Yes, you know, so it's it's cool. It's just like you know Tom DeLonge being back, except you know Blink One Eight Two is is I think cooler than Limp Biscuit, but <laughs> only with Tom DeLonge. <laughs> fair, fair enough. And now Limp and now and now Blink One Eight Two. You know they're out on tour. They're doing that whole entire arena tour thing right now. You got Limp Bizkit coming back. I mean, it's just like the nostalgia factor is kicking off again. But there's, it's still the good, the, the good quality music is coming is back mm-hmm. into it. But it's you're getting all the people to come back and play all the like you know you're getting the original members back. Tom DeLonge's back. West Borland's back. It's just you mm-hmm. can't help but just smile and just enjoy it. Oh yeah, it's it's an awesome time for for music. I think I I'm I'm very happy with with uh what is happening and and it's it's great because like you know this is my generation's music is coming back and being popular and you know we're the uh, i was telling my wife we were talking about like i said we were talking about silly goose earlier today and i, <laughs> I was just like thinking it's funny because i was like like the the guys in that band are are a product of people like my wife and I, you know, with who, but the, when they were kids, they grew up there, you know, like their mom uh, most likely was listening to Limp Bizkit and other, you know, other new metal. That's the music that they listened to. And that's how they came across it. You know, when, when I was growing up, my dad listened to Black Sabbath and, but then, but then like Creedence mm-hmm. Clearwater Revival and mm-hmm. shit. So it's like, you know, it, it just that's how music is like going to change and and grow. And I I'm I'm stoked that uh, my metal tattooed generation <laughs> is leading the charge right now. <laughs> well, one thing I'm kind of been happier about too is especially like when I first started doing the podcast and stuff, and just started getting into all this. My biggest concern was it was like I was taking a look at the bands that were especially on these festival lineups. It's like okay, who are these big bands? Who are the ones that are on top of the bill? And it was always bands that were over like 20, 25 years into existence where it's like, can we get something new to potentially come in? But now you're seeing, you know, I'm starting to see a little bit more of this mix between it where it's, yeah, you get the bands like Limp Bizkit coming back. You're getting Blink-182 to come back to absolute prominence once again. But you're seeing on these festival lines, like you're seeing bands like Bad Omens go from, you know, maybe playing maybe early in the day or maybe midday. Now they're going to be playing, you know, they're they're on, they're almost on top of the bills on some of these. You're seeing Spirit Box rise up, Sleep Token rising up, um, Turnstiles headlining yeah, some I'm, of these. It's like, well, Turnstiles out with Blink right now. Yeah, it's like keep this coming, keep this rolling because you're still seeing the connection between the stuff that was had been popular for so long and stuff that now, you know, the next generation can get really into and is stuff that was basically birthed by, you know, the generation that you came from because all the 
all the kids that are really making the music right now, what are their what are their parents listening to? Like you said, they were probably listening to Corn, Limp Biscuit, late listen to Blink One Eighty Two, listening to The Offspring. I mean, mm-hmm. keep, just keep rolling with it. Slipknot, Disturbed, they're listening to that stuff. So now the kids that are coming up now, it's like that's where their initial influence started. Where your initial influence started is like you know you said like Black Sabbath, CCR. Mine with my dad, it was like Van Halen, ZZ Top, yeah. Rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, electric light orchestra and now i'm all like you know punk rock hard rock metalcore yeah <laughs> well and also when you when you really like think about it and and like kind of like yeah music's always always changing right you know it's always it's always changing <clears throat> but there's only so much we can really do and like especially with like technology and stuff so back when uh, you know, my dad, you know, was was a kid. It was completely fucking different than now. Mm-hmm. So like 20 years from when my dad was a kid or like not 20 years, but like so just the, that 20 year gap for between when I was, you know, just a baby. So in the 80s until 2000. Huge fucking difference in everything, right? Mm-hmm. Everything. Technology boomed huge huge boom Mm. but let's be honest 2000 to 2020 hasn't changed a lot because technologically we're we're there you know things change but it's a slight change not like massive changes and so same thing with like music now we're seeing from 2000 to to now 2023 yeah there's changes but it's slight it's pretty much all very very similar music because what what are you going to do? You can go heavier a little. I mean, you can't go much heavier anymore. Um, so it's so you're seeing like, you know, the if somebody liked like a band like Corn, you know, when they were younger, they're going to like Spirit Box. It's mm-hmm. it's not a ton different. It's, you know, music is growing, but it's it's only changing slightly now so y- y- we have like we have more time <laughs> <laughs> that at least that's what i think <laughs> that's something that actually is starting to make a lot more sense now that i think about it yeah. and why and why especially the music from you know when you know think about the year 2000 when you would be like you know kind of like the musical prominence kind of like where your life was like that it's usually around that time like i think it was I forgot what I was talking about. It's like we usually find our favorite bands around the time we're like 13, 14 years old. Like that's when it's solidified. And mm-hmm. even with me, I'm just like, well, who was my favorite band when I was 14 years old? And then I just think, look down at my shirt. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is, is, is Rise Against still my favorite band. Yup. Has a lot of has had a lot of music I've listened to changed since that time. Yeah, but this still stays the same. But right. you think about it, too. It's just like you said, from 1980 to 2000, massive amount of change technologically i mean there's been a lot of changes from 2000 to 2020 but that technology change expanded the ability for us to discover more new bands and more new music but it's somewhere we're easily more able to discover more bands that fit into the certain styles that we like so we're able to stick within that a lot easier so like i said mm-hmm. if you like corn if you like corn back in the 90s and early 2000s 
you're likely going to be really, really down with Spirit Box when they dropped Eternal Blue two years ago. If right. you're really into something that like more like, you know, like the cure, if you're into something a little bit more on that like darker side, but like that darker tone, you probably really, really enjoyed the death of peace of mind last year. And you're probably really enjoying what Sleep Token's doing right now. There's so much where it's like that change is there, but it's not as drastic as going from, you know, Led Zeppelin and back the Back in Black album to Limp Biscuit. Like that change right. is massive compared to, you know, going from corn to spirit box. Right. Exactly. You know, because I mean, like heavy in the 70s and 80s. Black Sabbath was motherfucking heavy as shit. Kiss, they were heavy, heavy metal, baby. You know, or or you know, like, and so, but it's like somebody that likes Kiss, and uh, you know, Black Sabbath probably doesn't like Acacia Strain, though. I bet you they don't. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> like it's it's you know, like I like. You know, as when fuck like fifteen years ago, I was super into like metalcore as they lay dying and shit like that. And it's like cool. Well, and it, I'll, any metal that comes out now is still metal and screaming. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not doing anything like completely different. It's still the same thing. It's just different. Different music, different way of composing, different singing. But you, somebody that likes as they lay dying, doesn't probably really love Elvis. Yeah, it's it's a completely different thing. It's a whole different generation. Yeah, or it's like you said, like kind of thinking about you know the people that really were heavy into you know Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. You know, listening. I'll use just kind of just doing massive different example. Listening to Slipknot for them it has to be just a completely just mind bending. Like this is not what I signed up for experience. Mm-hmm. But people that really like Slipknot, I'm trying to think of something that'd be even heavier right now. Like people that like Slipknot might end up listening to like Slard to Prevail and just be like, or most likely like I'm totally into this. And yeah, yeah. it's you know you're going in a heavier aspect of it, but that changes. But the change between Black Sabbath and Slipknot. Is so much wider than like Slipknot and Slar- or Slipknot and Lorna Shore, right? I agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like so, yeah. So music's changing, but not not to the extent that it was, and that's a lot of that is based on technology. You know, as as our technology grows, our art grows as well. Yeah, and again, again, it's it's so much easier for a lot of us to just connect and you know listen to the same kind of the same kind of music that we really like. I'm not saying the same bands, but find bands and find artists that are doing a lot of the same thing, and mm-hmm. kind of just kind of re- bringing it back to the whole entire unsigned pop punk idea. When it comes down to it, when it comes to pop punk as well, it's you know there's a lot of people that still really love that kind of music. People that clamor for the people like you know I still miss like 2005 with all that good kind of stuff coming out. But now they're finding a place where they can go to and really discover all of that in one large convenient place where is the change from the style from like 2005 to 2023 going to be massive? It's not going to be that massive. But because you love that kind of a sound, you know, you're going to find so many new bands that you absolutely can get into. You absolutely are going to love. And that's why you're going to see bands like, again, like what Magnolia Park right now really doing well with with what they're doing. You're going to see bands like that start to grow and you're going to find more and more of those instances when we have more and more places to go where it's, we know exactly we can go there to discover all of these great bands in a much easier way than having to just, okay, I'm going to go to Spotify and I have to do all this different type of 
well, like, you know, like the for fans of or like, you know, bands that are similar and kind of right. like start clicking through all these. No, it's you're making it. You're, you're basically taking that idea and like, again, mixing it with MTV, mixing it with TRL, mixing it with all that stuff, putting it all together and making it as easy as possible for pop punk fans to get into so many more new bands, whether they have been around for a while or whether they're just starting out or anywhere in between. You're giving it the opportunity and you're giving those bands the potential and support they need to go forward when at times things can seem like all hope is lost. You're providing that sense of hope for them, which is absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you. That's that. That's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, one of the things I really enjoyed doing <clears throat> about doing Unsigned Pop Punk is, you know, when I started doing this, the idea was part of it was also to figure out how. Because Unsigned Pop Punk is like a is a blanket you know it's a blanket mm-hmm. term but we work with more than just pop punk bands we basically wanted to take what the music scene was in the like early 2000 like like early 2010 era time um to where a hardcore band a pop punk band an emo band <laughs> could all play on one show and everybody watched everybody and everybody loved everybody and so the one of the things I wanted to do is we have on our playlist, on our shows, it's the scene, the entire scene. So we'll, we, do we have a lot less metal? Ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if I, if like, just as an example, Acacia Strain, like they released a new song. Cool. I like <laughs> it. I'm in, you know, I fucking love Acacia Strain. I love heavy shit too. And I feel like, most pop punkers also like a lot of stuff you know they like emo they like it some you know softer you know some of the softer mm. emo stuff they like metalcore they like the like hardcore and so we try to put everything all in one space and unsigned pop punk is just the blanket name cuz we've you know i don't have to do it as much anymore but when i was starting out you know i would have people be like well we're not pop punk like that's okay that's fine. Mm-hmm. You work you're good. You you're you're part of the scene. We're good. So I, I'm happy that I don't have to do that as much anymore. <laughs> I'll say that's good, but another thing too is like when you see, you know, unsigned pop punk, it's you're gonna attract a lot more of the pop punk crowd in terms of the just the see, like seeing that name, but mm-hmm. so many people that like so many different other styles of music also mm-hmm. do have that strong affiliation for pop punk. So they're gonna end yeah. up coming through as well and then discovering even more so even by having that name, which seems like it potentially can limit it, it's not necessarily limited away because of how strong of a connection so many people have positively with that genre. So it's going to entice them, to, you know, just to, you know, check out the profiles, check out what you guys got going on, discovering more. It, cre- it It's it's like in a weird way, it's like limiting but not limiting the discoverability yeah. of the whole entire project, which is really, really cool. Like it, yeah, it's, it's specific, it's but it's general at the same time. Yeah, it, it it's wild. Um, because when I first started, like I said, when I first started this, I was working at a group home. Uh, I was sitting in the basement on my computer, mm. writing down like and like had a notepad next to me, just coming up with a bunch of different names, trying to figure out what the hell we're I was gonna do with this, and I was just like, unsigned pop punk. I like it. Let's just go with that. Mm. We'll go with that for now. Yeah, <laughs> we could change it later. <laughs> and uh, 
I never did. <laughs> I know the exact same thing. You know, I was trying to come up with the name for the podcast. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell to come up with. So I just like, up. Oh, if I say chord progression, it kind of it's a guitar thing. People will get that it's about music. Let's just roll with it. I'll, I can always change it at some later point in time. That was early 2019 when I put that down. I'm like, yeah, we'll change it at some point. Yeah, it's been about 400 episodes already, and I haven't changed it because I am not gonna do it. <laughs> Nah, like nice. it fits now. Like it just fits. It fits now. I'm like, I'm, I'm rolling with it. It's any, you, it's like, oh, I need to come up with a perfect name. You want know how many people came up with a perfect name? They just came up with something, and just ran with it. Like silly goose. Like right. That, was bowling okay. for soup the perfect name? Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Like, was it? It worked. It, it worked. You don't know what's gonna work. You just gotta just do it. And yeah. if you come up with a product, a good, good enough product. It, it'll work regardless. Yep, and if there's anyone that's a testament to that right now, I mean, just take a look at Unsigned Pop Punk, just bringing more yeah. and more presence. <laughs> and just Again, is it, a, is it as a massive success as some other places right now? Not yet. I want to say not yet because, I mean... I like it, not hell, yet. You, you know, you, you, there's always work to be done. There's always that viability to create, and there's always that passion behind there as well, which is mm-hmm. clear. So one more thing before we get going, Patrick, and it's going to be... The rest of the year, what what's what's exciting about Unsigned Pop Punk? Where all my friends go? Like, what's your what are you excited about the rest of the year? Because if there's something you're like, oh man, we're gonna try and do this, or oh, we're excited about this, I want to get more people pumped up about it. Well, we're hoping to try and make it out to a couple festivals. Um, we've had a couple snags uh, on that front, but um, we're hoping to at least get out to Four Chord Festival. We've done it the last two years now. Um, but otherwise, we've got our own things we're working on. We've got a uh, punk rock flea market up in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, so there's live bands and vendors and things like that. Food, it's a good time. Uh, we did it last year, and this so this will be year two. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, gosh, what do we got? I don't know. So many things. We we have our our brand new. Uh, Unsigned Pop Punk Top 10 Video Countdown we're doing on Twitch every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's very it's very reminiscent to TRL. You know, we got Super mm-hmm. Gibby. He is our, our VJ, our resident Twitch VJ. And uh, everything is voted on all. So we don't decide any of the videos. Like the all we did, we, we decided on the first 30 rotation of music videos. And then people vote on it. And and from there, the, it's out of our hands. Um, so you can go to our website, onsidepoppunk.com, go under the TV tab, vote for your favorite on uh, favorite band. And it's every Wednesday it switches. Currently at this moment in time, I don't know when the podcast comes out, but at this moment in time, House Parties is the reigning two-week champ. So good for them. Good, uh, good. I'll say good for them, and hopefully by the time this comes out, because it won't come out too much further after that, hopefully, I think maybe two weeks after that, so maybe they'll be the four-week champ by the time the episode maybe, drops. Maybe, maybe. We're hitting that Hall of Fame status. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've got our shows every on Twitch every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So if you are a Twitch person, come hang out, watch music videos, find new music. Our podcast, Where Did All My Friends Go?, comes out every Monday. Our playlist updates every other Sunday. Friday is New Music Friday, so it's a busy day. So every day of the week except for Saturday. Saturday is 
special events only. Fair enough. And there is so much you guys got going on. And I want to make sure everyone gets a chance to actually go and check this stuff out. So I'm in this podcast with three specific things. First things first. Patrick just told you everything about Unset Pop Punk, where all my friends go, and how cool all this stuff is, and how you can be a part of all of this. And the best way to do it is going to be by just joining in. But where do you want to join in? Do you want to join on social media? You know, a Twitch, just follow the playlist, anything like that. You want to know the best place you can find that is? Go to the description of the podcast, say find unsigned pop punk online. There's going to be links for literally everything. There's going to be labels for everything. So if you want to just go to the Twitch channel, boom, you go right there. Go to Instagram, boom, go right there. Go to the website, boom, go right there. Find the playlist, boom. I've got the links already for you. I'm making it as easy as possible. It's going to be a one-click, one-stop shop. So convenience is key. We, we talked about that with the whole entire TikTok thing with all of you know social media. So I'm taking that fully on this one, like I always do. <laughs> You have no reason not to take part of this. And Patrick, it's time for number two. Whenever I have guests in the podcast, I enjoy having on the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise, and it's usually bands that I do this promise with. But sure. I'm gonna have to. Ju- I'm gonna have to turn this around at some point in time. Okay. I know you're from Minnesota. I am from Wisconsin. I do come up to Minnesota every now and again because I did go to school up there. So when I get a chance to come back up to Minnesota, I will. Uh, there'll probably be a lot of shows going on up there because there usually is. And I'll probably run into you at one of them. And when I do, I'm going to go all Liam Neeson. I will look for you. I will pursue you. I will find you. <laughs> and the first round's on me. Awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's always how it rolls. Because, man, now it's time for number three. I can't say goodbye on this podcast. I hate doing that because it is way too final. I love this conversation. This was an absolute blast. I would love to have you back on the podcast in the future. I love supporting Unsigned Pop Punk. I love to continue to do that. And... Man, I made a promise to you, so I got to make good on that promise, right? So goodbye is too final. Can't be like that. Has to be. I'll see you later, man. See you later. Well, folks, this is my interview with Patrick from Unsigned Pop Punk and the Where'd All My Friends Go podcast. Now it's time for Kevin's final thought. The one thing that Patrick said that really stood out to me outside of the fact that, um, you know, the whole entire social media conversation, the music industry conversation, everything around there. The thing that stood out to me the most was something you said right at the beginning. And that is when it comes to, you know, you're a younger band and you're constantly trying to make it, you're constantly playing these shows, and you're trying to get people to come out there and people aren't showing up. It can be absolutely just like devastating because you, you think people are out there, they're going to support you. You're, they're going to come to your shows and they just don't do it. And it, a lot of bands have gone through this and that kind of rejection consistently and that kind of just dejection can really make a lot of bands question what they're doing and potentially just quit. And it's a terrible thing because you never want to see a band quit like that. You just don't want to see it happen. So the fact that Unsigned Pop Punk, the initial idea behind it was to support give support to some of these bands and to grow the music scene. But also again, give support to those bands when sometimes people aren't going to give them that support just to show them, you know, Hey, we're here. We see you. We like what you're doing and we're here to support every step of the way. That is something that stands out as such a positive in the music scene that it's something, you know, I want to continue to just continue to support and continue to, you know, continue the corporate Russian podcast mission too. that partially goes within bringing more bands prominence to the scene and getting more people to know about them. I mean, we've had great bands on the podcast from the beginning of it with bands like kingdom collapse with bands like, uh, when GFM was still around our friends in Rosie, when we first interviewed Benny from Avoid, uh, and even some of the bigger bands we've had on too, like August Burns red, we've had doc coil from bad wolves, 
Um, you know, we recently just had one with Joey Sturgis, like from small to big, no matter what, we want to get more people to know about the music, to love the music and to feel like they can connect with it. And the more we support those artists, the better off the scene is going to be. And unsigned pop punk keeps that going. So make sure you follow along with unsigned pop punk and everything. Go straight for the podcast. Say follow or follow unsigned pop punk online links and labels for everything. Go give them a follow, go discover new music with them. It is going to be something you will not regret. Make sure to follow along with the Corporate Garage Podcast. We're going to do the exact same thing with a lot of these podcasts. We're on Facebook and Instagram primarily, so go and follow us on those platforms. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already because you can watch all of these podcasts in full. Or hit subscribe if you're listening to Five Podcast on Radio, Amazon, or anywhere else you might be listening to the podcast because you can subscribe there, listen to the whole entire thing, and still enjoy it just as much, whatever you prefer. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button. Any support helps, so we really appreciate it, along with the bands that we have as well. So thank you very much. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Remember, 20% off using the code CPP20FXF.com. Link description of the podcast. Thank you, Patrick, once again for being on the show. Thank you for doing what you do. And we'll continue to support you in every step of the way. On that note, that's it for you guys. Thank you for listening to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. It's a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!